Hey, and welcome to another episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick, and today I want to share with you a very important life skill that I'm still in the process of mastering. It is actually quite difficult to get the hang of it, but it is so important to master because if you know how to do this, what I'm going to share with you, it can help you so much. It can make your life so much easier. It can get rid of so much unnecessary stress. What is it? Well, hang on, I'm going to tell you in a minute. <laughs> first of all, for those of you that are listening for the first time, um, I would like to do a very quick introduction or a reacquaintance uh, if, if you haven't been listening for a while and you wonder what this show is about. So I'm Father Roderick, I'm a Catholic priest in the Netherlands. I record podcasts, have been doing this since 2005. And on this particular podcast, I always go for a walk and I share with you the the struggles of my life, the, the things that I discover, um, the things that motivate me, always in the hopes that it is somehow relatable and that you uh, can benefit from me sharing um, all these, these thoughts because uh, it, it may be something that at one point or another in your life you are also dealing with. And so today I want to talk about this life skill that is, there are different names for it. One name could be contentment. A more negative name would be resignation or even indifference. But it is a life skill that is fundamentally positive. And it is an answer to the question, how can I handle difficult moments in my life? Moments where everything that I hoped for doesn't materialize. What I was aiming for, what I was striving to uh, acquire or obtain or, or accomplish, it doesn't work out. Or if I'm on a winning streak and all of a sudden I, I stumble and fall and everything is gone. How do you deal with stuff like that? And I'm going to give you some examples from my very recent experiences this past week just to illustrate how it works in in my life. Um, a very mundane example first. I, um, as you know, am a, a, a huge fan of my Apple devices. I love my iPad. Um, I have a secondhand iPhone 10 um, that I use every day. I'm not exclusively oriented towards Apple. I also have an Android phone that I use for work and I love the Android system as well. Um, but there is something about Apple that I really appreciate and that is that they have a very long-lasting support for older devices. In fact, I, I'm still using at times an old iPad, which must be at least seven or eight years old. Hello. And uh, a phone, um, an iPhone 6 that is, wow, how long ago was that? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's probably about 10 years old, if not older. And they still work. Screens look fine. The software still runs. It's just that they don't receive new updates anymore. And in the case of the iPhone 6, it's probably not wise to keep using it because I don't think that Apple has continued to, um, to deliver uh, security updates. So even though you might not get the 
latest operating system, they still make sure that your phone can't get hacked. Now, at one point, of course, they even stopped doing that. But in general, the life of a, an Apple device is at least the lifespan of a well-fed, well-nourished, um, well-taken-care-of hamster. Why oh, I have to Google that. I love hamsters. They're so cute. They're so small, just like my iPhone 10, which is really small. I can use it with one hand. It's one of those last remaining phones that is um, that doesn't require you to use both hands. It's super lightweight. In fact, I'm currently carrying it in my pocket. I can barely feel that it's there. Um, and the only thing that sometimes makes it a little bit bulky and heavy is if I put a protective uh, sleeve and cover around it, which then makes it a lot thicker. But in general, I, I really like the small size of the screen. So, um, after five years, because I think it's it's a five-year-old device now, um, there's always the hope that, well, maybe this little digital hamster can still run another round in the, in the treadmill. And so, I was looking forward to the release of iOS 17, which as of this recording, is the newest operating system version of Apple. And I had already installed iOS 17 on my iPad. And I love it. It's um, especially with the widgets and the like lock screen. It all looks so much nicer than in iOS 16. And I didn't really see how Apple could justify not releasing that for the, for the 10. Because it doesn't, on my iPad, it doesn't really feel like uh, something totally revolutionary compared to um, iOS 16. It's just a little bit sleeker looking and, and refined, but they're, they're, I, did, I didn't notice any functionality that requires a super powerful phone all of a sudden. So I, I heard this morning that the official release of iOS 17 was there. Um, and so I went to see if it would update. And then it, I, I didn't see the option to download the new operating system. And I had a chat in the... We have a tech club on our Discord server for my patrons. And there are some very knowledgeable people there, also some, some great Apple experts and fans. And so I said, hey, I don't know what's, what's happening. Maybe there is a, a slow rollout of this new update, but I don't see it on my iPhone 10. And then <laughs> I got... Uh, the news, unfortunately, by Pedro, who is a fellow priest in Portugal. And he said, uh, I, I just read on a forum that the iPhone 10 and the iPhone 8 won't receive an update to iOS 10. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, come on, this phone is great. I'm using it every day. Uh, it's fast. It's reliable. I like that it's so small. There's got to be a way to install this. And, and I, I, I looked it up everywhere. I was watching YouTube videos. But it, it turns out it's the truth. It's over, at least. It's over for new iOS updates. Now, thankfully, as you may know, I have already ordered an iPhone 15. Thanks to the generosity of, uh, of my patrons, I'm able to, um, to get a new phone. But it still feels a bit like right now I'm... I feel left out. I feel abandoned. And it's just my phone. I'm like, man, I was so looking forward to installing iPhone, uh, iOS 17. And 
ah, it's, it took me a while to, to accept that. And that's just about technology. So it's a bit of a setback, but I immediately felt this um, tendency to... To, to, to fight the system, you know? There's just got to be a way. Maybe I can install a beta version of iOS 17 and I'll just run the beta. But it turns out even a beta doesn't install on the iPhone 10. I was so disappointed. Um, so, yeah, why? Because I had set myself a certain expectation that I would get this new update. And I don't know about you, but when, whenever you install new firmware or a new a new operating system on your computer, it does make you feel good. Because all of a sudden, it, there, it's like a new layer of paint. It's, everything is fresh again. And even though sometimes it's just minor visual tweaks, but when I switched from, from Windows 10 to Windows 11, I was like, ooh, everything is, is new and shiny. And, and, and th- there wasn't anything I could pinpoint as being like an actual improvement of the computer, but it looked different enough to make me feel like, oh boy, I'm getting some more value out of this old computer. And um, so it, it's all about a certain expectation that you have and then dealing with the disappointment that in fact, no, the reality doesn't match your expectation. Now on a much more uh, personal, fundamental level, I had another setback um, yesterday in fact, as you know, I, I walk here a lot. I love being here in the woods. It's, it's the place that I call home. It, it, I feel like a hobbit when I'm here. I love the sound of the wind in the trees and the smell of, the, <laughs> of all the decay that surrounds me because they, basically that's what it is, right? The, the, the leaves that are now starting to fall and the, the trees that have been mowed down by a violent storm earlier this year. Um, a lot of those branches are now de- decomposing and that gives it this kind of interesting smell. Um, I love the fact that you don't hear traffic here, um, which is a, a kind of an unnatural source of sound, which I don't know, the older I get, the more I find that a grating sound. I don't like uh, traffic noise, but here it's all kind of all these sounds kind of there's always sound that surrounds me. It's not never quiet in the woods, but it's a different type of sound. So anyway, I love my walks. I love to run here. But for a couple of months now, I've been dealing with increasingly severe pain in the forefoot. And it's, it's unfortunately both feet. And at first I thought it was just because uh, I had bought new shoes and maybe they were too small or or I'd been ripped off <laughs> a lot of, especially the, the the specialized um walking shoes and running shoes tend to be quite expensive and so I go to to stores where they do a foot exam and uh, I, I don't want to uh, go cheap when it comes to footwear because I know how much I love walking and running and how much I value my feet so I want, the, 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 especially since I don't have a car, I, I need to invest in my other means of propulsion, just as my bike. I want my bike to be in good condition because I don't have an alternative if my bike breaks down. It's, so um, 
after I bought new shoes, first running shoes, I started to have these problems where I had this almost felt like my feet were on fire after about half an hour. And uh, it was a stinging pain that radiated towards the, the toes. And I blamed it on the, on the footwear, on the shoes. And so I went back to the store and I said, these shoes are terrible. This is, I don't know, they're probably not right for my kind of stride or whatever. So I got a new pair, another pair, different type. And these were slightly better, but I still was experiencing pain. Uh, after a while. And then I, I ordered a, a different pair from a different brand online and I read some very good reviews. Those were fine. They were actually even more comfortable than the expensive ones that I had bought at the store. And yet, after a while, when I started training with those shoes, same, same problem. And then I got the walking shoes. It's like specialized walking shoes because I, at the time I was preparing to walk the the big four-day walking event, and uh, and I start. Well, I, I shared this story before. I started to uh, do these longer uh, training walks, and during one of those walks, I would I barely was able to walk after thirty kilometers. My feet were hurting so much that even walking to the bus station to catch the bus back home already was extremely painful. And I started to talk about it with my trainer. Um, And he said, you know what? Yeah, you can go to your normal physician, but usually they are not um, specialized in these kind of sports injuries or whatever it is. Um, I would would go to um, a physical therapist. And it turns out that my athletics um, association... Uh, that I joined when I was signing up for the for the training courses. They have uh, a deal with um, uh, like a nearby institute where runners that are paying members of the athletics uh, society can get a free uh, a free consult. Um, and so I had this meeting yesterday. I went there on my bike got completely drenched <laughs> when I left home. I was like, wow, it's even warm outside. I can, I, I'll just go without a coat. And then when I was approaching, it was about a half hour uh, bike ride. And then when I was at the halfway point, I suddenly noticed pitch black clouds ahead of me. And I was hoping like, maybe if I go extra fast, I can make it in time and I won't get this clear. Yeah, clearly this is going to be a, a, a heavy rain shower I might just make it in in uh, before this uh, starts to pour down unfortunately well I didn't like five minutes later it started to drip drop and then very quickly after that um, it was as if I was literally turning on the shower that was how much water was falling and this was interesting because uh, of course I, I think most of us, if that hits you, and I was using my phone also to navigate, I had the phone in my hand, um, which is also really not ideal, I know, but I, uh, this, I've, I'd never been to this, this, this place, so I needed some direction, and it started to pour on the phone as well, and uh, everything got wet, 
and I think in the past I would have felt miserable, like cursing at the skies, or why now? And instead, I was actually quite, quite calm. And I told myself there is no bad weather. Bad weather doesn't exist. Just bad clothing. <laughs> so I should have taken a raincoat with me. So, well, I'm not going to go back because otherwise I'll miss my appointment. It's raining now. I'm just going to accept it. I'm getting wet, but hey, it's not cold outside. It's just water. It's going to dry. And yeah, I'm going to arrive there drenched, which is maybe not the most appropriate way to arrive for a consult. But this is quite sudden and unexpected. I'm sure they'll, they'll have pity on me and they're not going to refuse uh, to, to look at my feet uh, just because I'm wet. And so I just continued... So normally, uh, when it's raining, I, I, I kind of dive over the... I, I, I hunch over my steering wheel and, and I squee squint my eyes as if that's going to help reduce the, the amount of water on my face. And you get this whole cramped attitude. And none of that. I was just like, oh, it's raining. I'm getting wet. Oh, well, you know... Uh, it's, <laughs> I'm going to be in my pajamas later tonight and then it will all be just a memory. So why would I worry about this? So I'm approaching the, an open space here in the woods. This is also part of our training grounds. There is a dog walking around here by itself on the right. Oh, there's the owner sitting on a bench. <laughs> oh, well, the dog is just glancing at me for a second and then moves on. That's a first. <laughs> a dog that doesn't want to run after my, my recorder. Anyway, so um, I thought that was progress. I'm just accepting the fact that it's raining. There's nothing I can do. So it's no use getting all worked up about it. Let's just get to my appointment. And so I arrive there and um, at the entrance, there's always like a desk where you have to announce yourself. And so both the therapist walked out of her office and the guy who normally does the intake and they both look at me and they're like, oh my gosh, is it raining that hard? And they're, oh, poor you. And they, they were getting um, uh, towels so I could dry myself off. And, and they were like all over, like, oh my gosh, this is so, I, we, we feel for you. This is so terrible. What can we do to make you... Uh, more comfortable. Do we have spare clothes? No, we don't. Oh, I'm so sorry that we can't offer you like a, a dry shirt. And I was like, well, you know what? It's going to dry up. It's, I'm, I'm going to survive this and I'm here for my feet. So <laughs> that's, that's not the problem. Anyway, so I, I get this um, consult and I tell her uh, about my my trouble and she starts taking some notes and she says I have two hypotheses the one is it could be um, it could be a nerve problem um, and this could be because of uh, overexertion maybe you train too much uh, I did run a marathon in April and then I started to train both for another marathon and for um, let's go to the left here uh, and, and then um uh, I was also training for the, the walk of the world. 
So that's the first hypothesis. And then she asks, there's a second possibility. How's your back? Do you, do you ever have pain in your back? And I said, no, actually never. I, I do work a lot at the computer, but I have a standing desk. So no, never had any trouble. And then she said, okay, we can rule that out. And sometimes when people have a problem in their back, the nerves, the nerves can actually transport that pain all the way to the toes. So, but we can rule that out. So take off your, your uh, sandals and your, uh, your socks. Let's take a look at the feet. And so she had me stand on the, on the floor uh, of her office. And, and she immediately said, oh, I see. I see what's going on. It's very clear now. And I was like, well, I just see two feet on the floor. And then she added, well, you see, normally a foot, when, it's, when you're standing on it, takes up much less space than your feet. And look at your toes. They're all spread out. And look at your, like, the end of your toes. They're all, all pointing up. And this, is, this makes it very clear what's going on. She said, the, the middle part of your foot has... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm probably not using the right English terms for this. But she said, the, the, the middle part of your feet has collapsed. So basically, normally when you look at your foot, or a footprint, you have this open space, right? It's not your entire foot is not touching the ground. There's always like a, a curved space um, that, is, uh, that is, you know, open. And so that makes for a very even distribution of your weight um, on, on using your feet. So, um, but in my case, she says... What happens is that, and this can be caused by many factors, and one uh, obvious one is that you are old. <laughs> Thank you. I was old. I am old. But she says this is with older people, the muscles in your feet, just like you know, muscles in your eyes and everything, they, they, they're not as strong anymore as they used to be. And then with, with bad footwear... And I told her that I had run this marathon on uh, on four-year-old shoes <laughs> because I I felt like well I haven't been able to use them during the pandemic so I might as well get some extra mileage out of them. Um, she said probably those shoes were so used and they they only amplified the problem basically. And so what happens is that the the, the little bones that go to your toes. Those are kept in place by muscles. Those muscles get uh, overworked. They're already a bit weaker than in younger people. And so what then happens is that slowly they start to, to go down. So, so you, your foot loses that curvature. And then what happens if your entire foot makes contact with the ground, your toes tend to go up. And it starts with the, the big toe. And I immediately recognized this because I said, this, this is what, what um, surprised me, that oftentimes there, my, my, when, I, when I've used shoes for a while, especially these running shoes that are, have a very thin upper layer, at one point there's just going to be a hole above my, my big toe. She says, yeah, that's how it starts. And then the other toes also start to go upward. And then what you get is those nerves in between the bones are now clenched between uh, those bones that, that don't have that nor normal curvature anymore. And so, especially if you then start a, a very intense 
training regime, they get irritated that there can be an inflammation. And over time, that can create even chronic pain. Uh, and we won't, absolutely don't want it to get to that point. So long story short, there is a way to solve this. Unfortunately, it's not repairable, <laughs> but you can actually go to uh, a, a foot expert she recommended a certain person to me just go there and what uh, he can do is to create soles that you put in your shoes that will actually give the foot that extra support so it can have that normal position the, the curve that is normally formed by the the bones and the, and the muscles um, will now be there because of that sole and then if you're lucky in, in about a month or six weeks, the pain will subside, your nerves will start to, um, to rest again, and then you can, you can still run, you can start building it up again with your trainer, and, but it will never completely go away. And so I had so many thoughts. First of all, relief. Like, finally, I know what it is. And, and everything that I had experienced, not just while running, but also with the, the, the walking problems, even the way I walked, I noticed that th my feet had a different way of, like normally you start with your heel and then when you walk forward, you use your toes to kind of propel you forward. In my case, and I noticed this when I was trying out my new walking shoes, I was walking almost like as if I was um, a robot, you know, the entire foot was like patch, 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 and I could... I could hear it in the store. And again, back then I was blaming it on the shoes, but it's actually just my feet. <laughs> they are too flat and that needs to be corrected. So I was relieved. But the immediate second thought was, I won't be able to run for a long while. And I felt almost panicked because I enjoy walking. I enjoy running so much. I can't imagine that I would have to give that up. You may wonder, to, well, what has this long story to do with me? Why do you even bring this up? Um, but it, it, this is, I'm getting to the, to the point that I was trying to make. All of a sudden, one of the most important things in my life, uh, being outside, being able to walk, to, to run, to train with with a social circle of friends that have nothing to do with work and that I've grown to appreciate so much. All of that is taken away from me. That's how I felt. Like, my, I can't believe that I'm not going to be able to train for at least two months because, of course, it will probably take a while before I can get those new souls. And then what? I have to start with zero again? And I felt so sad all of a sudden. It's like, don't, don't take this from me. And on the way back, I was thinking, well, you know, this is something, this is out of my control. Sure, I can tell myself, well, what if you had changed shoes earlier on? What if you hadn't trained so much? But that's all in the past, and I didn't have this information. So I, there's nothing I can do now, and I can't go back in time because I don't have a DeLorean time machine. So what's my option? One option is 
I'm going to be so frustrated and unhappy and sad. Or I can just like, as, it, as I did with the rain that all of a sudden started to pour down, I could just take it as a fact and embrace the situation, see it as a new experience, and maybe also an opportunity to, to, to do something else. And then my, once I, of course, obviously, I chose the second option. Like, I'm not going to sulk. I'm not going to, to you know, point my fist at the sky like Grandpa Simpson does all the time. No, I'm just going to embrace this. I'm so grateful that I now know what's, tr- what's going on and that there is help <laughs> possible. This can be not fixed, but definitely remedied. And that's a gain. That's wonderful. And so the moment I chose, no, I'm going for the, the um, acceptance and the embrace of the situation. So what else can I do instead of running? Um, well, biking. I've, I've, I've been thinking about maybe getting a better bike. Um, I think I shared this with you in, in the past, like a, a racing bike or something like that. Or, and then... I'm just going to train because I, I, biking is not a problem. You don't, well, you use your legs, you stay fit, but you don't need to, you don't have that impact on your, on your feet. So biking is something I already enjoy and something that I was looking for, uh, basically an opportunity and a reason to start doing more. And now, and now I can. In fact, it's the best way to stay fit so that once I can run again, and walk again, I can. Um, uh, I don't have to start at zero because I will still be fit. So that's the, embracing reality as it presents itself. In, instead of fighting it, all of a sudden started to feel feel good. And and this is the life skill that I mentioned at the start of this walk. It's. Um, I think it, it joins what you see Jesus do as well. Um, he knows that it is his ultimate destiny, even though he loves traveling around with his apostles and healing people and nourishing them, taking good care of them, listening to them, all that. Wonderful. He could probably do that for the rest of eternity. But he knows that his destiny right now, the plan of his father, is that he goes to Jerusalem that he's going to lose everything that he tried to, to convey to the people around him, that the kingdom of God is near and it, it requires conversion and everything. He knows that all of that is going to be wiped away. The people that will cheer him on one day will condemn him the next day and try to crucify him. And when Peter, in the story, St. Peter, the apostle, starts to resist that idea and starts to fight it, it's like, no, this cannot happen. This is not, no, I am going to prevent this from happening. Um, Peter, in a certain way, embodies this resistance to what is going to happen, whether you want it or not. And Jesus rebukes him and even has some, some choice words for Peter. It's like, get out of my... <laughs> Get get away from me, Satan. He calls Peter Satan. Why? Because Satan does not accept the plan of God. And that's, that's the problem with Peter at that moment. And Jesus embraces it and he says, well, 
this has to happen. But there is hope. I'm going to rise from the dead and I will... I'll live again. And <laughs> so it's uh, totally incomprehensible for the apostles, of course. Uh, but Jesus has a much wider, bigger perspective. You cannot get to the resurrection if you don't accept the cross. And so this acceptance is, I think, in the life of Jesus, what makes him also tell this story when he's confronted with the sorrow and the, the, the worries of his, of, of his apostles and of the people that he meets. At one point he says, well, don't worry. Don't be afraid. Look at the birds. Uh, they fly around. They sing their songs. And they're just birds. And look at the, look at the flowers. They're beautiful. And yet they're here today, gone tomorrow. You are way more precious to your Father in Heaven than the birds and the, and the, and the flowers. So if He takes care of them, why wouldn't He take care of you? Just don't worry. And for me, not worrying is not just naivety. Naivete, is that the word? So it's not just um, ignoring reality or, or pretending that bad stuff doesn't happen, but it is this almost indifferent, careless embrace of whatever life throws your way. And instead of sulking about it and protesting and fighting about it, fighting against it, to embrace it. And sometimes, and, and this is hard, I know this, but life is constantly about that. And the quicker you accept the reality that you cannot change, because that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you should just live carelessly and, and don't look after your health because it's going to degrade over time anyway. No, no. Of course, you have a responsibility to change what you can change and what is good for you and for the world to change. So it's not passivity, but it is this indifference to the ultimate course of your life because if you fight it, if you resist it, if you... Uh, if it makes you angry and frustrated and you, you, you are stuck in that situation, it also blocks the future. It blocks other solutions. And there's one life lesson that I've learned over these past two, three years is that everything that I was afraid to lose, that I felt was taken away from me, um, ultimately, it, it took a while. Sometimes it took more than a year. But once I started to embrace the new situation and I accepted what happened, um, it became a source of grace. And all of a sudden, new... It's a cliche, of course, to say, well, uh, when, when uh, life closes a window, um, God will open a door. And, but it's, there is wisdom. It's not by accident that this is a kind of a, a, a cliche because there is so much truth in that. And if you resist, uh, if you keep resisting that, that closing window, you will never look for the door that leads to the next step. So there is incredible value in, uh, in accepting, uh, accepting things that are inevitable and to, to uh, as quickly as possible, reset the, the, the goals. Um, don't fixate on something that you feel you have a right to ob obtain or to get because you will only get disappointed.
Because ultimately it, it is a lack of, of trust, of faith maybe that leads you to this. You hold on to the past and to what you think life owes you um, because you're afraid that you might not get something to replace what you've just lost. This is also how you can look at your own aging body. Yeah, you're not as fit as you were 10 years ago. You, were, you, don't, you don't have the opportunities you had 10 years ago. And so often we are stuck in this regret. Oh, if only I could go back in time with a DeLorean and tell my younger self, hey, Marty McFly, please do this instead of that. The fact is, you cannot go back in time. And as long as you keep kind of regretting the things that happened to you in life in the past, you might, you're, it might occupy your mind so much that you forget to see the opportunities that arise once you let go of that. So that is what I wanted to share with you on this episode of The Walk. Let me know um, if, if this is something that helps you. If you have any examples of you know, situations that you are struggling with, love to hear those. If, if you still have additional questions, don't be afraid to let me know. I can always um, try to answer your concerns or your, your struggles um, and questions in the, in the next episode of The Walk. If you're one of my patrons, then stick around because I am not home. In fact, I'm very far away from home, so I still need probably half an hour to get back home. And in the, in the meantime, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about um, some of my, uh, my plans and strategies when it comes to my podcasting activities and some of the projects that I'm currently working on. And if you would like to have access to the premium version of The Walk, it's very simple. Um, join my Patreon community. Uh, go to patreon.com slash fatherroderick and you'll see uh, which tiers will give you access to, uh, to which uh, premium uh, podcast. So uh, take a look, if only for the fact that you, you, you would join a wonderful community of incredible people that give me so much support and... Uh, encouragement and and it's not just for me we encourage one another and it is a very special place i think um so thank you so much and we'll talk next week and patrons i will see you in a minute